0: So if the time and place to teach that lesson now in a constructive fashion happens, then it needs to be now because even though I'm uncomfortable or feel like it's rough, I need to do that because my pain right now is more important than allowing them to go down this pathway that's gonna ultimately cause them to have pain later on.
1: Love Conquers is a relationships podcast by Matt and Kaz Page. Love can help us overcome a lot but can't conquer all. You've got to own your worth.
0: So, what do you want to talk about today, lady?
2: Okay. I'd really like to talk about parenting and I'd like to discuss rigid expectations versus guidance. and. I'll break that down a little bit more. So as a mum, I've been parenting for 30 plus years. But there's a big gap between my early years of parenting where I was very rigid in my expectations versus fast track sort of some years later and I've got these three little ones and my my parenting, whilst I don't believe a good portion of it has changed, the way I parent I think has changed yep. and and the way I expect and the way I deliver my information has changed. And so for me today, I'd really like to drill down in that a bit more.
0: Okay. Why is this a subject that you feel is important to you?
2: Because I think there is a lot of families out there that are blended. I think there is a lot of parents out there that, are doing it the first time and I'm 30 years ahead. And I've been really fortunate to be able to do it again, I guess. And yep. I guess with everything, you know, the more you do it, the better at it you you get. Like I, we laugh all the time and go, you know, Adelaide's got the best ride ever because she's my fifth child. Yep. So by then if I haven't got a clue, I'm never going to have a fucking clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um. But there is such a big contrast for me personally. And again, coming back to this whole owning your worth, for me personally, how I parented in my younger years when there was no rule book, there was, you know, I was uh, naive to a, a lot of it um, and and working so hard on my focus to want the very best for them. And so therefore I was, I was not wrong. I was going to push. Whereas I had to learn that a lot of that actually wasn't my place to do and that was a really hard lesson and a really hard journey for me to learn and now I, as a parent with these three girls here in our home, my the dynamics between us and the relationship between us is very different and I want to talk about that. I want people to understand that as parents – there is no rule book. You are gonna fuck up. It's what you do with it when you you get there that will largely make or break what happens next. Yep. And I want people to know that it's okay. You you can get through it, but the sooner you acknowledge it, the sooner you realise that you 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 can suggest and you can guide, but don't demand the better off you'll be as a parent.
0: You've said that parenting the older two was very different in your approach to how you're parenting the later two. Later three, yep. Um, And I guess it's probably important to unpack or to to go down into exactly, you know, where you think the hard lines of the parenting in the earlier two came from. Like, what was the origin of that? Like, where did that come from inside you?
2: I was raised pretty hard, and I I had a father who had very high expectations. I remember after my father passed, and I wrote about this in the book that for whatever the the situation, he was right in this response. When my father passed, my brother's interpretation of that was, now we will never know. And I said, never know what? And he said, we will never know why we weren't good enough for him. So that gives everybody a really clear insight as to how we were raised by our father the expectations were very high to achieve. If you can't afford to buy it, don't buy it. Don't go into debt. Don't go into credit card. You work your ass off. You don't go on the dole. You don't do this. You don't do that. You don't, 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 don't. And you live your life by my rules. And that's all there is to it. That's all I knew. So I had my first child at 19 and I didn't know any better other than at that point, I was treading water. I had to work. I knew I had to provide. And that was my focus. My focus was very much stay, earn, earn lots of money, make sure I'm making my own way. I'm not asking for any help from anybody. I'm achieving it and I'm doing it. And as this child grows and progresses, make sure they understand that they also have to do the same. Want to to achieve it and be a high achiever and all the rest of it. And I think as my my older two grew and I started to realize that they had some significant intelligence and I think we all get very biased about our children and that's okay too. But I wanted them to achieve everything I thought they could achieve i wanted them to do everything in their power and so i pushed really hard there were tight rules and there were hard expectations and there was all these things because i wanted it for them it's up to them to want it yeah and for me now as as much as i still want it for these three and i think they can achieve and they are taught that if you want it you have to go get it i think that's a significant difference and and that is probably the catalyst right there I didn't say to my older two or ask my older two, do you want it? I told them to just go get it and this is how you're going to go get it and this is how you're going to do it. With these three, I'm asking them do they want it and I'm working with them on how they could achieve it. And I still have disappointment but I guess my disappointment isn't projected as heavily on these three as historically I would have done as a parent when I was younger and didn't know any better. And that's huge. Like your reactions that there's still got to be boundaries. I'm still a huge believer in cause and effect. I will still teach my children very adamantly what I believe to be right and wrong. And it's, it is up to them entirely to want to choose those right paths. And if they choose to lie or to cheat or whatever, I will still very, very abruptly call them out for it. Yep, Absolutely. So I'm still a very headfast believer in that space. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Have some self-worth, have some self-respect. They're my five things. But anything outside of that now, they've got to want it for themselves. And the best I can do is help them to achieve it if they want me to, yep, and step back and let them fall when they don't want me to help. Whereas historically I probably just forced myself into the equation all the time. Fix it, fix it. I'm a fixer. Yep, That's what I do. So if there's a problem, I will fix it and I will, you know, there you go, it's fixed, keep going. There you go, it's fixed, keep going. I should have been more aware. Oh, not should have because no. I didn't know any no. different, but it probably would have been better Back then, if I had have been more aware of the fact that it's okay to let them live, it's okay to let them breathe, it's okay if you know they they don't have their bedroom squared away perfect every day, still remind them, but don't harass them. Yep, there's that difference. And nowadays, you know, we <laughs> you you ask the kids nowadays if you go away, that's a shit time for them. <laughs> Because I am still very much in my process of r- routines and rules and all the rest of it, but I'm I'm more aware. I have a better understanding of what my big personality and my presence has on them. And so, you know, I I probably laugh a lot more. I have more time to breathe as a mum these days than historically what I've had as well. I'm not travelling every week for work with these three. I'm not trying to find the balance of getting ahead financially to allow them a better life and also trying to be there as a parent and everything. I don't have to do it all today and I can probably enjoy the journey far more today. But I also don't place as higher importance on them achieving. Yep. I, I've learned that it's got to be up to them and they have to want it for themselves. Yep. And so that's, you know, in that regard, then I also believe that I get to take a step back too. It's okay to want for your children, it's, but it's got to be their choice. Yep. It's not okay to enforce your wants, what you want for them, onto them. Yep. They've got to want it for themselves and then they choose to take you along for the ride.
0: your first entry into parenting and you were 19. Yep. So at that point there even, you don't have any understanding of the world except what has been bequeathed upon you by other people or your parents. Yep. And so if all you've got to deal with is your version of view of how they parented you, then you're going to replicate that, right? Yeah. And so the last thing you were ever done was asked, "What do you? how do you feel about that? you know and so there's that aspect there some of those fixed lines that you talked about or those fixed opinions and stuff like that i think are super important in the aspect of morality and ethics mm-hmm. i think that's a place i yeah i guess the way you've described parenting the older kids has made me realize that there is a place for a combination of both mm-hmm. um and so when i look at that i go okay yeah like Fixed lines, you were always very clear about what morality looked like and what morality should be.
2: And that's always been a huge important thing to me too.
0: Yeah, and how to ethically go about it. The trouble is there was that the way that it seemed to be interpreted was that it was all just hard lines and that they were just going to resist you know, and I guess that's what we, when we see that too in our, our younger kids, that if you only provide them hard options and you go, this is it, they're going to resist the whole gamut, the whole spectrum of things. Um, and And the one place there where I don't know necessarily you've been completely fair to yourself in that is that you worked really, really hard to provide as much opportunities as you can and that a lot of your hard lines and things like that seem to come from the fact that you just wanted them to make the most out of it.
2: I made a lot of mistakes from 14 to 19, and a lot of it come from rebellion. A lot of it come from confusion of, you know, not really feeling like I fit into my own family and so therefore not knowing. Um, and, And a lot of it come from what I would regard as a fairly dysfunctional family because there was four strangers living in a house together. Yep. None of us really had a relationship internally. You know, I have a fucking phenomenal relationship with my mum now, but I didn't and we both acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, and my dad's dead, so it's a bit hard to have a relationship with him.
0: It's one-sided. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I I didn't have that that emotional guidance when I was growing up and I was very hard and fast in my you've got to get out there you've got to earn you've got to do the right thing you've got to you know keep a roof over your head you've got to keep the lights turned on you've got to keep fuel in your car to get to wherever and all the rest of it and I've always had that moral compass that says I chose to give birth to this human. So, I am always going to want to try and protect this human or these humans. I'm always going to want to fix things. And if they fall down, I don't. I went down a lot of holes when I was a teenager and I fell a lot. My choices, and I get it. And my parents let me fall. And I guess, well, I don't know that they let me fall or I just fell behind their back a lot of the time. (laughs) Um, But I did fall and it made me very strong. My father raised me hard. And I wanted it to be better for my children. And so in doing that, I feel I went to a complete other extreme where I just tried and wanted to fix everything. And I shouldn't. I shouldn't have done that. I should have allowed through through their formative years. I should have let them fall. I should have tried not so hard to, to bubble it and to try and protect them from the outside world and yep. roses and all the rest of it. Sometimes you just gotta let the boogeyman in. Yep. And I I tried really hard never to allow that to happen because I had already I was already traveling with enough guilt over divorces and little kids and all the rest of it. So I think guilt played a significant part in a lot of my decisions, um, in those formative years. If I could give anybody a piece of advice right now that might be going through divorce with young children. Be honest with them at a level that they can handle because if you try and hide everything from them, what you don't realise is exactly how much they're seeing even though you think you're hiding a lot of it and when you're not having open discussions with them and you're not being honest with them on a level they can handle, it's really easy for children to internalise that and think it's them. Yep. And I didn't have those honest conversations. I didn't know well enough. I wasn't mature enough and I didn't understand enough about kids to know that that are things that are going to happen. And so that, that did cause things to transpire that were, were negative and I didn't know how to handle and I probably handled too harshly. You know, I'm very fortunate now in this round with these three kids because there's no other person in the equation. It's you and me and they're our kids. Yep. And and that's probably significant too, but I've also learnt in my own self to relax and to laugh more at stuff. And when they when they do fuck it up, as all children will, to kind of relax a little bit with that too, depending on the fuck up, obviously. I still have my moral compass. I'm just far more relaxed in other areas yep. where I wished I had have been more relaxed earlier on so anybody that's you know in today's day and age I would think it's hard enough you've got out external elements like mortgages and and not being able to keep up with financial scrutiny and all kinds of things right the holidays are less and less these days now and and there's less time to spend with your kids and there's more times on devices and all the rest of it give yourself a bit of a break or acknowledge the guilt you, you, might, you might not think that there's guilt in there, so have a deep dive and figure out if there is an element of guilt in there in your parenting structure and give yourself a bit of a break on that. And then talk more with your kids, learn more about who they are and what their perception of what's going on is. Find out more from them. Be more open, I guess, to listening to them. We were raised to be seen and not heard. And that's largely, I think, what I I did as well in the early years of my older children and it's far less what I'm doing these days. I want my kids to speak. I want to give them the opportunity to have a differing opinion to me. I, I didn't know how to do that earlier on. Yeah. Please do that with your kids because <laughs> I think it makes a significant <laughs> difference.
0: Anytime you're letting guilt dictate how you're conducting yourself, then you're probably at the, especially when it's an emotional item, like Mm -hmm. it's probably going to lead too far in the opposite direction.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You're going
0: to try and overcompensate. And when realistically, it's just, it's kind of like a karmic reset, right? You need to get back to the center, not to the other end of town. Yeah, yeah. and so from that perspective there, if you can manage it without too much of your personal guilt getting in the way, then it's going to be a lot easier to bring it back to the middle maybe. But
2: Yeah, but how do you know where the middle is? Yeah. Like how point. do you figure that out?
0: Yeah. Where is that balance? That's a good question because shit, man, like in, especially in the early days as well, like, you know, as you, as you said there, like you're fighting everything. And, you know, half the time there you don't even have time to understand your own me- motives or men- mentality behind it. So naturally, you're going to just stick to that, you know, other side of things, which is that, right? This is how it's got to be. Just do that because I've got to move on to the next thing, and I've got another child who needs something, and yeah. so on and so on. Like it's more, it's more when you are in early parenting, it's it's hard lines out of survival more so than anything else, is
2: yeah. realistically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's there is always going to be an element of survival because raising kids is hard. Yeah. There there's there is no rule book with it. And kids being kids will push boundaries because that's what kids do. And it's really easy to forget that they're kids sometimes because your head's just about to explode. Mm-hmm. And there's that reality check that says, hang on a minute. They're not doing this to you. Yeah they're doing this because they're kids. Yes. And how you the adult are reacting to that are you being the adult or are you being the kid down with them on that level and I think that's they they don't teach you that in yeah. pre baby classes and whatever they're called. What are they called? Prenatal Sim. In the prenatal class, they don't teach you this shit. They don't teach you that at five they're going to push back and not want to eat their meals and you're going to have to find a different way. It's not about, you know, put the food down in front of them and shove it down their throat. It's about finding why they don't want to eat that and how can you have a conversation or is there an alternative food that is nutritionally as valuable or, you know, if you can't afford to find the alternatives, then how do you work with the kid to be able to get them on board or to help them understand at a level. I think in the early years, I always spoke like I was an adult. And I expected, you know, five, six, seven, eight year olds to understand it from my level. I don't think I understood how to translate back at their level. And I've learned that that's, that's empowering. That is significant. And especially with these three, how I talk and, really and and interact with my 13-year-old is almost night and day right now to how I'm talking and interacting with my 9-year-old because there is a significant difference yep. between those two and I'm acknowledging that and I'm seeing that and I'm interacting with that. How I'm interacting with my ASD child versus my non-ASD child is very different. Because I'm acknowledging these things these days. Back then, in years gone by, it was just my way or the highway. Yep. And that doesn't work. So, you know, I didn't want to go down that path again. I've had enough feedback. I've had enough time to be able to sit back and reflect and go, I wasn't always wrong. And I did my very best that I could, that I understood at the time. But now I know that there are areas in which I could have done better. So I am.
0: I get why people get so caught up on what their kids are going to choose to do because right from day dot, you are there and you are in complete responsible mode for this person. And as far as we've all been told, the world is out there and it's none of it's in the best interest of the child, right? (laughs) So naturally you're going to be like, I have to make sure this child is protected. And so then you're trying to rigidly protect them. And it's tough, right? Because then you've also got that whole, entrenched fear thing because you are their mother, you have these biological urges to nurture and to protect them and yet you're also having to try and navigate your world and understand it for the first time as well.
2: And I also didn't want to lose them. Yeah. we. You know, neither of my divorces were pleasant nor friendly. Right or wrong, I always had this – self-driven fear in the back of my head that they could just be taken away from me yeah. if I wasn't doing everything perfect, if I wasn't raising polite, well, well mannered, well fed, well clothed, well educated, well looked after children that the world may crumble and and you know, they may be taken away. Yep. And even with our three today, like I, I there is enough there is enough noise and talk out there about um you know the, the the entities stepping in and having judgments and we've been there Scarlett made a comment at a school one day about an episode from Home and Away and we had social services calling us yeah. and gratefully and thankfully laughed at us going which episode of Home and Away did she happen to watch so you know there's there's people out there in these positions that get it and they're realistic and they understand it It doesn't stop it being a fear factor as a mum that somebody could just step in and take these kids away. Am I more relaxed about these these days? Yeah, absolutely, because I know my kids are good kids. I know my kids are well-fed. I know my kids are well-looked after and well-loved and they're protected and they're safe. So if anybody wants to come at me and question that, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I didn't have that back then. So there was always this fear of I need to be perceived – Like I'm doing it right so nobody can come and take them away from me. Yeah. If you in your heart of hearts know that you are doing things to the best that you can, if you are honest with yourself and there are areas you can improve as a parent, then just fucking do it. If you genuinely believe that you're doing the best that you can, then keep going. And don't let other people's opinions or judgments or, you know, don't let fear factor into it. Guide your kids to the best you can and listen to them as human beings.
0: Yeah, and it's because the kids are looking to you for guidance as to how to participate in this relationship too. Yep. Right? And so then if all we do is cater to them out of fear and things like that, then that's their understanding of how the relation works. Like. I need this and you give it to me. Yep. Whereas, you know, the other end of it now is that we get to be like, mm, you know, this is this is us being dictated to by, you know, our external forces essentially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so we now have the, I guess, the the comfort and the strength in ourselves to be able to go, no. Nah, nah, yeah. You don't get everything.
2: It's okay to say no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the the ability, the, the capacity we have at the moment for providing a lifestyle and providing a stable life is far more, I guess, fortified than it was historically. Yeah. And so when we make decisions now, we can make decisions with all the information at hand. You know, we can decide how we're going to educate the kids. We can decide how we're going to allow them to socialise. We can decide, you know, at least – not necessarily decide for them but decide what opportunities we think are of value for them to put out there that we can do in a constructive manner.
2: I agree with you and I also think on top of that that there's an element of maturity in us as well. We choose to homeschool our kids, our three kids here today and they choose to want to be homeschooled as well. Please understand if our kids turn around today and say they want to go back to school tomorrow, (coughs) see (laughs) you, out the door. No, I'm kidding. I don't like our education system. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but there would be a discussion, right? We're yep. not opposed to it. Yep. So back then, if somebody had said to me, homeschool your kids, I would have said, no way, no, because yep. I'll fuck it up. Yep. I, no, I'm not an educator. I'm not, I'm not a teacher. I can't do that and I don't want to screw that for them. I don't want them to miss out on an education and socialising and all the rest of it. As I got older, I realised that it's our job. It's, you know, the teacher's job to teach maths, English, and science. It's our job to teach everything else. And how they learn their moral compass and how they learn their their ethics and how they learn to acceptance of all walks of life is not necessarily by us sitting down telling them. It's by watching us and how we interact in yep. life and what our moral compass is and what our ethics are and how we treat other people in the world and what we give and how we take. They're watching you 24 by 7, whether you realise it or not, whether you think you're hiding shit from them or not, you're not. No. And they're watching it and they're interpreting it. So don't be afraid to have the conversation with them and hear what it is they've got to say. You know, way back then I don't think I could have been told that I was getting shit wrong. Whereas my 13-year-old can come to me now and go, hey, mom, I really didn't like it when you said X. And I'm like, oh, fuck, honey, I'm really sorry I didn't – and I do say fuck, honey.
0: Mm. <laughs> we swear. <Yes. laughs>
2: um, but I do say, you know, I didn't mean it to come across like that. I'm really sorry. Yeah. And it's not, I'm sorry you took it like that. It's not, oh, I'm sorry you felt that I meant it like that. I'm sorry – I didn't mean it like that. There's that ownership. There's that, you know, that's not how I meant it to come across and I'm really sorry. Let me try and rephrase that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, let me find that clarity before you burn it round in your head about for the next three years and then make some bad decisions.
2: It's okay to be wrong in front of your kids.
0: Yeah, that's that's massive too because I don't think I ever felt that growing up was that it was, a adult I'm, was ever wrong. Yeah, I moment. never got that. You never. <laughs> no. No, and I guess from that perspective too, you know, we didn't, we had a fairly similar upbringing from the perspective of we were told to be do yeah. however it was, and and know. never given an opportunity
2: no. to. So if you're not given the opportunity to ever have that opinion, I can understand why you end up being like we were when we first entered yeah. into parenthood or step parenthood. I'm so proud of the parent I am today. Even when I get it wrong, because I'll own it quicker, I'll acknowledge it better. I still expect from my children. I expect them to follow the rules. I expect them to understand right from wrong and and have a moral compass on the pathway that they're going to go down. But I don't demand that they go down particular paths. Yeah, if that's they're, they're going to choose to go down the asshole path, then okay. You know, the best I can do is give you the advice not to and then it's advice at that point, not a demand.
0: Yeah, and then look for the first conflict and if they struggle with it and come to you for guidance, then you can ask them those questions.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a really big point, right? Asking the questions as opposed to telling them how to be.
0: Yes. Yep.
2: Which is, is, is another massive significant shift because for me it's always – all right, well, I fell down that hole and I fell really hard and I had to claw my way out of it. So let me tell you how not to fall down that yeah. hole. And I couldn't have been told not to fall down the hole. No. So what the fuck makes me think I can tell somebody else not to fall down that hole? Yeah. Like, all right, fall down the hole. And then how do I react when you fall down the hole has to be different from how I historically have reacted when yes. they chose to fall down a hole.
0: So many times there too, we tend to almost set up a situation now. So it's like if if we come to one of these um, issues, like, you know, they, we use the analogy of the hole, right? So nowadays when we see that hole there and we're like, hey, when I was your age, I fell in that hole. I thought I wanted to be in that hole. It seemed like a really cool place because everyone was telling me not to, but I'm going to give you some advice. And my advice is that not all things that look great are great. Sometimes <laughs> it's a trap.
2: It's really good advice in life. And in I'll the be honest with you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Life in the hole is fucked. So if you want to go in there, just understand that you're going in there with the full understanding that it's not a great place in the end. Yep. And then then we see what the decisions are.
2: That's that honesty part, right? It's 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 the ability to say When I was a teenager or when I was a child or when I was an early adult, I fucked up. Yep. And I don't think either of our parents have ever owned that part of the journey for us. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think in the early stages I was ever honest to that level either. I knew that they were going to fall down a hole. Of course. And I knew that I had been down that hole but I never explained that And now I am far more honest with my kids as who I was as a person. Um, Who I was as a person when I was growing up, I mean, in early teens and early adulthood. So not necessarily to the full-blown truth of what I've been through but enough for them to understand that I'm asking them not to fall down the hole because I know that it's not a good journey. Yeah. As opposed to telling them they can't fall down the (laughs) hole and they must go that way. (laughs) Which is what I historically did. Yep. yep. And that's the difference. Please don't go down that hole because it's a real head fuck. But yep. if you're going to go down that hole when you're down there and you need to get out, put your hand up and I'll see if I can help you out.
0: And because the funny thing there too is that a lot of these instances happen in the teen years and it's, it's because teenagers have more of a, I guess, more of the head about them. Like they want to try and they want to test things, right? Yeah. You're telling these teenagers don't touch the hole yeah. Now, I know for a fact, I've got our two grandbabies that are seven outside. Now, I know those little fuckers aren't thinking about touching my shit. But the second I tell them, even if they're at the other end of the house, <laughs> don't touch my shit, they'll go, <laughs> beeline for your shit. wonder what shit he's talking about. <laughs> and they'll be like picking stuff up. Could this be the shit? Could this be the shit? And so...
2: We have, we, we have a middle child that still does yeah, it. Yeah. My mother comes here every Sunday and says, if it's not yours, don't touch it. And that's the first <laughs> thing she picks up.
0: <laughs> Everything's mine, I guess. No.
2: Because they're kids. Yeah. Yep. And the minute you say don't is the reason they want to. <laughs>
0: yeah. But because, you know, teenagers, we start to think that they're willful and they're getting aggressive. No, you've just painted them into a circumstance where you've told them not to do something, but all they are is interested in now what that's all about. Yeah. No. Give them enough information that they can make an informed decision and guide them through it.
2: Yep. And don't be afraid, you know, there are cause and effects. There are consequences to actions. If you empower them with all the information and they're still silly enough to go down that path and fall down the hole, then it's okay to let them know that there is now consequences. Yeah,
0: and sometimes that's entertaining too because we get to laugh. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, but not really. But. <laughs> Sorry,
2: I <laughs> or, 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 or you make them dig holes in the backyard for a few hours. Yeah,
0: and whatever works.
2: That's but right, I'm- absolutely. And and don't be afraid to put consequences in place either. The world's not kind when you're an adult. If you go to work and you're lazy or you you, you know you're not putting the effort in and all the rest of it, what happens? You get sacked. Yeah. You know, if you're an asshole to a friend as an adult, what happens? They walk away. Yep. If you just go through life and just take and take and take and take, eventually people are going to stop giving to you. Yep. So you have to know that the world is out there and the world's going to bite you on the ass if you're an asshole. Yeah. But empower them enough to make their decisions. And then when they make the wrong decisions and you are enforcing some consequences, make sure they understand why. Yeah, and we we I think we are far better at that these days because yep. our kids still, you know, they they're kids. They will make mistakes, but when we're saying right, all right, you've lost the PlayStation for a week. Why have you lost the PlayStation for a week? Because X Y Z. That's right. But do you understand that you you chose to do that? Yeah. And what would the alternative have looked like? Yeah. And once they're getting to that level and they're understanding, then if we're going to enforce a week off the PlayStation, then seven days it has to be. Yep. Don't get to day three and go, oh, fuck, this is all too hard. Go play the PlayStation. Yeah. Because that's not teaching them anything at that point. If you're going to, you know, this whole one, two, three thing. No, there is no one, two, three. There is, here is the consequence for it. And it starts now and you got seven days. Yeah. And that's it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's. That's where that morality hard line still exists because that's, that's, I guess the cornerstone that they can pin a lot of, you know, stability in their life from Mm -hmm. because it's never been different. Like, you know, we have a policy of, you know, brutal honesty and strict responsibility. Yep. And, you know, that's not necessarily for everyone. And it comes from, I guess, you know, that mentality that, well, I mean, you've always been like that. You've very, very much always been, you know, honest. Yes. And about honesty and any of that sort of thing, you know, and from, you know, my understanding, you know, I've not always done well at honesty. You know, we had a a very different household dynamic going on than what I had, you know, in our early years together. Mm-hmm. And so honesty was shown from one parent, but not the other. And it wasn't the honesty about like, I'm flawed. There was honesty about this is how you're fucking up. And then the other one from the alternate parent was I lie about everything I do and I'm never wrong. And even when I am, I'm going to make up a narrative to support that. So I really, you know, in my adult life struggled in the early days to have that real moral fortitude to say, you know, this is the truth, mm-hmm. you know. And so it wasn't always my, my go-to um, option either so from that perspective there you know it's been very important in this part of our parenting journey to have that you know that that mentality and I guess that's where you know the army sort of helped me a little bit was because brutal honesty is only thing that's acceptable you can lie to anything else you can lie to yourself but you cannot lie to your brothers in arms and I'm trying to instill that in our kids yeah that you can lie to yourself all you want but at the end of the day you cannot lie to the people around you
2: and if you know the only way I think to be honest with the people around you is by first being honest with yourself, yeah, because otherwise, what else is there and if, we, it, how do you be honest with someone else and not be honest with yourself i honestly for me, I honestly believe they go hand in hand, yeah, yeah, so hopefully we're <sighs> instilling that in our children is that honesty counts, yep, and brutal honesty is what. I historically had always been to the detriment sometimes and I've never, it, it's taken me a really long time to understand that, you know, there, there is a way to say something that can encourage or discourage the positive, the negative to it.
0: What's some sage advice from somebody who's done it five times?
2: If you're first timing, you're treading water to get through, take a breath because they they love you unconditionally because they don't know any other way at that point. Take a moment to be honest with you and know that it's okay for them to see you as a flawed human being. You don't always have to be right where your kids are concerned. And sometimes it's okay to be wrong as long as you own it and you learn from it. And I think for me it took me too long to learn that. So my, you know, I hope I fast track somebody else's (laughs) journey through that. I really do. Um. The other thing is that, you know, it's it's okay to be steadfast on things that you honestly and genuinely believe in. I believe in honesty. I believe in moral conduct. I believe that there is right and wrong and there is give and take. It can't just be all give and it can't just be all take and I believe that is things that need to be taught to children. You don't you, You're not just born with those skills yeah. but there is – a soft way and, and, a, and a I guess a gentle way to teach that and then there's a really harsh way to teach that and I'm learning that you absolutely do catch more flies with honey and so it's it's important for me I guess to to impart that knowledge like you're doing okay and be honest with yourself and when you're flawed and you get it wrong, own that too because they need to see that it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah.
0: You know, it comes down to that there's brutal honesty. And when I say brutal honesty, I don't mean because we're beating them around the head with it, <laughs> but it's because it is 100% honest Yep. in all things. And that includes, you know, my fuck-ups. I've made a real big point in this day and age of parenting to call myself out on shit straight to the kids. Yeah go, hey, you know, and oftentimes it's been me and i flared up because I've got three of them talking at me at the same time, but <laughs> that's it's not happened. acceptable though, like, right? Because they're children. Yep, that's And right. so in those moments I make a point, especially with our oldest one, of yeah. going, kid, I really upset you and I really acted in a way that I actually don't think was appropriate yep. and I feel like I am better than that and you deserve better than that. And so I'm going to work damn hard to not make that happen again. Yep. Um, And I
2: think she respects you so much more for it too. Which is, you know, kids understand respect. It doesn't matter if you know that or not. It doesn't matter if you realise that or not. They do respect as much as they love and they feel and they hurt. They also respect. And that's empowering to a child to make them feel like an equal and like a human being too. Seen and heard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You should not be a second-class citizen in your own house. No, never. Right? And (laughs) sat there. But, you know, the other aspect of it is too, you know, we also have the mantra in our heads, not that we make it the children's problem, but it's our job to shoulder the hard lessons so that they don't have the hard lessons later on. So, if the time and place to teach that lesson now in a constructive fashion happens, then it needs to be now because even though I'm uncomfortable or feel like it's rough, I need to do that because my pain right now is more important than allowing them to go down this pathway that's going to ultimately cause them to have pain later on, Yep. you know, by facilitating their excessive, you know, demands on something or something like that because, you know, like you said before. You go into the real world and you tell the boss that, you know, all right, listen, Mondays I've got to come in at 10.30 because I get a bit sleepy after Sundays because I've been at the beer garden since five <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon and generally it's hot and I've been drinking too much and now I've got heat stroke and I'm hungover. That's not going to fly, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm still pretty hard
2: in that so, regard. So you're fired. Yeah, get out. Get out. Just <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I'd say fuck off, please.
0: No, I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) You've just wasted my time. (laughs) But no, and I think, you know, that side there is I want to be able to absorb as much of the pain, but if they need it, then they need to understand and feel that as well now so that they don't have that option later on for themselves. They understand it intimately.
2: And they, they learn how to handle it. Yeah. And they learn how to be honest within themselves from here. Yeah which is hugely important. Look, there is no rule book to being a parent and all the experts that are educated to within an inch of their lives will tell you there is. I've had five kids. Every single one of them is completely different from the other. There is no rule book. You have to do what you honestly believe is right and when it is proven that you are wrong, you have to own that and try again. And that's the best advice I have for any parent out there. Be willing to be honest with yourself first and foremost and then be willing to listen to your child no matter what the age and guide them to the best of your ability but don't demand it.
0: Yeah. I think that comes along with that aspect there that if we, you know, the literal meaning of hope. For is is that going forward. So all these sort of parenting mantras and stuff, right, are from a literal meaning of hope. Your hope for your children is that they can live a constructive life and go forward and be prosperous. Yep. You know, the other side of that is that your hope for your child is that they live with a mantra of hope, which yep. is that they have this mindset that if they help and they give, yep. then the moral compass is probably going to be on the right side of good or bad.
2: And have the strength to ask for help and take when it's needed.
0: Yeah, And then at the end, extreme ownership. Absolutely. Own every aspect of it, good and the bad, because I typically do not own the good stuff at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, not, you, not your strong suit. <laughs> but – Again, it comes down to that ability to be able to be honest with the kids and show them that we're all flawed. Yeah. And if you can do that, you're halfway there. <laughs> and hope that they like you when they're adults. Yeah.
0: And trust in them that they're going to make good decisions when the time comes.
2: Yep. I think it, it comes down to leadership versus dictatorship. Yeah. That probably, are you leading or are you dictating to your kids? And I, I want to be better at leading. I've always wanted to lead. I just didn't realise that somewhere along the way I was dictating. And, you know, if you if you can recognise that and change that, I think you're doing okay. Help one person every day. I think we hoped. I think we hoped. Charlie, <laughs> did we hope?
1: <laughs> you hoped. Hooray! Oh. <laughs> I pretty
0: happy with my hoping.
1: This podcast is hosted by Matt and Kaz Page and executive produced by Charlotte Goodwin. For more information, visit loveconquersthepodcast.com. Like what you're hearing? Buy the book, My Broken Soldier, The Untold Story of Life Beyond the Front Line" by Karen Page. Head to kazpage.com.au. Or search for My Broken Soldier on Facebook, Instagram, Amazon and Audible. Love Conquers is a podcast for adults that deals with confronting themes of all kinds. Love Conquers is not a licensed mental health service and is not a substitute for professional mental health advice, treatment or assessment. If you are struggling, don't go it alone. Please see a healthcare professional. If you live in Australia, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or go to lifeline.org.au.
2: Hey. Hey. How you doing? Uh, um, Doing all right. All right, let's go. <laughs> what do you want to do today?
0: That's my line.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that it was, what do you want to do today? <laughs> <laughs> That's not your line. This is going at the end of the episode. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <Bloopers>. It's fun. <laughs> All right, let's go.